Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. This is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. And happy Monday to you, everybody. It is Sports Daily. It is Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. Chad Chambers producing for us today, manning that KFH hotline at 869-1240. We've got some giveaways for you today, some contests you can enter. Uh, Shreyas Lada joins us, top of next hour, KU Insider, to talk uh, KU's big week and uh, moving forward, their chances at the Big 12. We'll take a look at all of that. K-State talk today, Wichita State, uh, disappointing outcome yesterday. We'll get into that as well as we make our way through here. Uh, Andy Reid news is on the horizon as well. Tommy, good morning. Happy Monday. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you this morning. Beautiful weekend outside. I hope everybody got out and enjoyed the weather. It's going to be another great day today. I think tomorrow, too, before the bottom falls out. But uh, we always have this. There's always like one stretch of really warm weather, but it's not real. It's fake. And and we try to enjoy it. But then winter comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. Mother Nature's fooled a little bit here. It was beautiful weather and we were outside and it's sort of like I just have to take the punishment because it's also allergy season earlier than it normally is. So, you know, I think Mother Nature's been tricked by this weather a little bit, too. But right now it's like I got to be outside. It's too beautiful out there. And then I go out there and just get smashed by allergies. But it's worth it. I just go stand in the sun. Uh, It was very, very nice weekend. Um, we made our way out, Tommy, to the sports book out at the Kansas Star for the first time. That was a, we did. A, it's really nice out there. It's uh, it, it's the same as a lot of you know a lot of spots in Vegas. It's a it's a good setup there. Uh, so enjoyed a little time out there. If you haven't made it out there, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, first time for me being out there. I'm probably fortunate. I'm not out at the casino. I love casinos. Love them. I love to gamble. I love to play craps. I love all that stuff. Uh, and I really like I don't play much since we've moved here. And, you know, we first moved here and I'm like, uh oh, they have craps table. I'm like, uh oh, they have a poker room. Uh, I, I, you know, thanks to my kids, probably as much as anything else. I just I haven't had the time, but I always enjoy uh, the time I get to spend out there. It's always fun. Yeah, I'm not a craps player. Uh, and you saw that 
firsthand this weekend. I'm watching you and one of our friends playing craps, and I have no idea what's going on. I've played other games, but craps is not one of them. And I, I told you later, I'm like, it's there's like a whole different language to play craps, and I had no idea what the heck was going on. Looked fun though. Yeah, it is fun. It's the most fun. It is, it, you know, it's fast though, so you can, you know, you can be out pretty quickly. Uh, but when you get on a heater, there's nothing like a good craps table, good hot craps table. Uh, but enjoyed the time out there. It was fun. Watched a little college hoops, a lot of college hoops this weekend. We'll get into all of it as we make our way through. I do want to start, though, um, with this Andy Reid news. This came out about an hour ago. So the report is that the Chiefs, and this is uh, according to the NFL Network initially, um, that the Chiefs want to give Andy Reid a contract extension. Uh, it would make him the highest paid coach in the league, according to the NFL Network, which would uh, be more than like $15 million a year. Don't, we, don't, we don't get a lot of coach contract details. It's not really that big a deal. Um, like, we don't really care, I should say. But it is interesting news as, you know, all the questions lingered about his future. And I haven't seen the total number of deals on an extension, total number of years. So I don't know what that means for long term, but I do for the short term. It would obviously lean in and indicate that, you know, they're, they're going to be married together for at least one more season. And then it kind of makes me wonder, Tommy, like, how much longer is Andy Reid going to coach? Because he's not as old as people think. And I mean, I honestly can't imagine him doing anything else with his life. Yeah, I think that he's going to be in it for a while. I honestly do. And um, I, I know there we had a ton of conversations leading up to the Super Bowl about what his future was going to look like and if he would walk away. Um, and really, like there were a kind of a couple of different things that throughout that entire process that would hint at maybe him stepping away. Um, but really, I mean, I think that whenever you win a championship, it reaffirms your commitment. I think that there are rare scenarios where there are players in any sport or coaches in any sport that win a championship and decide they're going to walk away on top. And that happens from time to time. But as I've said all along, why in the world, if you're Andy Reid, would you want to walk away when you've got Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in his prime? It doesn't make any sense because somebody's going to get a chance to coach Patrick Mahomes throughout the course of the years that he's in his prime. So why not it? Why not it be the guy that has taken him to three Super Bowls and you know, and, or four Super Bowls and won three of them? Um, you know, so I think that that is definitely a big. A big key to that it would be different I think a little bit if Kansas City didn't have a, genera a generational quarterback under center in Patrick Mahomes but they do and if I'm Andy Reid that's going to re-energize me year after year after year uh, and really that whole dynasty talk you can cement yourself as one of if not the greatest coaches in NFL history if you can continue this on yeah look I that will always be um, debatable on who the greatest coach ever is. I, I and, and what's interesting about Andy Reid, and I think he may be the most brilliant offensive mind ever, I'm not sure people right now would say Andy Reid's the greatest coach of all time. I don't think. I don't, I don't think I that don't think vibe is out there. He's up there, so, but he's not probably uh, right, right, right. considered he's, the greatest. He's in the conversation. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the best, maybe best offensive mind we've ever seen. But I'm not sure anybody would say that. But, I mean, I guess the question becomes, could he get there? And, yes. I mean, I, in the short term, if you get three in a row, you're immediately now in that conversation. 
I don't think there's any question about that. Like, you enter now that conversation. Um, Andy Reid's going to turn 66 uh, in less than a month. It's like, from what we've seen historically, right, there's still plenty of room for more coaching for him. He loves it. I don't think there's any question about his passion for it. He enjoys it. So, you know, if you look at it, even if he just went to 70, you've got Mahomes. How old is Patrick Mahomes? 30. Is he turned 30? Patrick he Mahomes? Turned 30 yet, 28. Yeah. 28. So, you know, even it's not I don't think he's going to coach like for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career because that could be another 10, 12 years. I don't think Andy Reid's going to push 80 you know, when he's, when he's coaching. So how many more of those years do these two have? I would think at, you know, if, if something doesn't pull him away, and this is what gets so hard when I'm, you know, 65, I'm probably going to want to just hang out with my grandkids and do whatever, but you know, you get bored. He's still got it clearly. So, you know, I, I whenever these conversations come up, I'm like, I don't, I don't think so, but they come up for a reason, I guess. So is it three years? Is it one year? Is it five years? I mean, I think somewhere between one and five is probably the likely answer. But this next year means everything to, to, you know, you get three in a row and now everybody gets to enter GOAT conversations. All of them, right? Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's already there and Mahomes is for some people. But Andy Reid joins them. Mahomes maybe gets to the point where it's like it's not an – you know, it's not a no-brainer, but if he can, you know, if he can get near Brady's total, he'll be there for most people. Kelsey already probably is for people, but would put himself there, certainly. And Chris Jones, like, where does he enter if he continues to have the impact he has if he comes back? Like, there's a lot of people who get a lot of legacy stuff if they get this third. Uh, Brett Veach certainly would enter that. By the way, Andy Reid, as they you know, plan to make him the highest paid doesn't count against cap. So it's irrelevant for the chiefs. Why would they not do that? Um, I mean, what difference does it make, right? They want Andy Reed together with Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's going to want this. It will be interesting to see, you know, when the Patriots went for it, when the Cowboys went for it, I'm not sure they had people in these established spots historically, right? When, when the, looking back now, we look at that Cowboys era, and you've got Jimmy Johnson, who honestly, probably in a shorter span, you'd probably put against any coach. Like if you had to start from scratch, a dude was incredible. So, but at the time, I don't think we were sitting there thinking, man, Jimmy Johnson's the greatest coach of all time, right? Uh, I don't think anybody, certainly people weren't saying that about Troy Aikman. Emmett Smith was, you know, probably getting into that conversation, but he was still moderately young at that point. Same with Irvin. So, it's a little different for the Chiefs now where you you legitimately have, at least in Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed, people that will be involved in the conversations of the greatest that have ever done it. Maybe Chris Jones gets to that point. I mean, I, I don't think that's out of line to think he could get there with two or three more really productive years. So when you start to talk about those things, I do think there's a different sort of pressure now, and I'm not, I, I, you know, people may tell me I'm crazy, like the Steelers. I wasn't alive then, so I don't know what the narrative was then with those teams, right? Like, I, I go back as far as about 1992 of remembering things. So, like, I, I think that this is a little different with the pressure 
and what's on the line in trying to get this third than maybe there ever has been before. I think you can probably go back and look at uh, the Bill Walsh years with the Niners. Probably, you know, that's got to be in the conversation as far as dynasties and what he did with Montana than what he did. But were they um, ever you know, going Steve for Young three in a row? In. I don't, I don't know. Let me, let me, I'll check that. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't, I don't know how many people have had the three in a row opportunity. He had Super Bowls. No, I don't, I don't think it was. Um, he had Super Bowl 16, 19, and 23. So no, uh, he was never going for three in a row. Yeah. I think that the other question that it brings up with Andy Reid, and it's something I've never really thought about before if we're talking about greatest coaches of all time, you know, he's clearly entered into that conversation now, but I don't know if there's been another coach in NFL history. And I'm racking my brain, trying to think of one that has done more to change the narrative about his career in the second half of his career than Andy Reid has done. Because remember he spent close to uh, what he was in Philadelphia for 15 years or a little bit more than that coaching the Eagles and the narrative then was all about how he won a bunch of games, but he could never win the big one. And, you know, greatest coach to never win a Super Bowl, things like that. That was in the conversation with Andy Reid, even when he came over to Kansas City in the first few years of his time with the Chiefs. And then what he's done in the last five or six years with Patrick Mahomes, you know, I don't know if there's another coach like, you know, you've got two distinct halves of his career. If there's been another coach that has ever done more to change and improve that narrative in the second half of his career than what Andy Reid has done. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, Andy Reid was going to be a Hall of Famer if he never won a Super Bowl uh, because he would have had just so much success, right? So many wins. And it was all there, and he was already – it's amazing that everyone always asks Brady or Belichick, all that. It, it takes both, right? Like, if you're going to have long-lasting success, everybody contributes. Belichick and Brady got their chance at three in 2005, um, but that was only year one, two, three, four, five. It was like year four or five of that marriage. I think it was year four at that point. Uh, going into year five. So even then, like we knew what that greatness was because they had three in, in four years, remember, but they didn't get that third. But it was so early on in that, in, in both the Belichick and Brady lore, that I don't think anybody was putting them there. And then their second stretch of three Super Bowls, they went every other. Remember, the, the even year means the Patriots Super Bowl, that thing. Um, they, they had a chance looking back in the second time they did it they they you know because if you get any of the off years and they lost one of those in the Super Bowl and all those kinds of things but you've got Mahomes Reed Kelsey like these guys are already established in their dynasty as they go for it it's not the beginning of it like it was for the Cowboys and the Patriots it you're smack right now in the middle of it everybody understands the greatness of all these people so I do think it's a little bit different now than it probably was for the first try for the Patriots, right? And then for that try for the Cowboys, I don't know that it's the same scenario. And Reed, at the top of the game, it, it will be fascinating to see how the opinion on him shifts if they get a third. How many people are going to say Andy Reed's the greatest coach of all time? He didn't get one without Mahomes. 
right? He had all those opportunities, all those great seasons. But that that that's what's so crazy about it, too. You're great because, you know, you won anyway, right? Like you piled up gobs and gobs of wins pretty much no matter who your quarterback was, right? Whether it was mostly with Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith. But then you get that final thing, and now all of a sudden you're on this stretch. To me, that, you know, extrapolates the greatness, right? Like that that enhances the greatness. Like he's had a ton of success for a long time with all kinds of different quarterbacks. It's just now at the end of this, if they're able to go and achieve this thing that nobody's ever been able to achieve, I do think it puts him in squarely in that conversation. Mahomes is already there. He's already at least in the conversation, I should say. Kelsey, I think, already is the best tight end that's ever done it. And so it will be awesome to see, and I hope we get to see Andy Reid for a little while longer. You know, I guess if it's just one year, we get the chance. Yeah. In As great as the Chiefs are, I, I would say it's unlikely that they'll have another opportunity to win three in a row. That doesn't mean I don't think they'll win other Super Bowls, I think. But to I don't know that they'll get another chance at three in a row. So now like that, that I I am so fascinated by that next year that we get the chance to see it happen. Cause I don't know that it'll happen again for this group. It's hard to get two in a row. This is the first time we've seen it in twenty years just to get to two, let alone three. Yeah, in the context of Brady and Belichick, I think that two things can be true at the same time. I think that it can be true that the dynasty with the Patriots, Tom Brady had more to do with that than Bill Belichick did. But I also think that it can be true that Belichick is maybe right now the greatest coach in NFL history. So I think that two things can be true time. The importance of the quarterback is always going to be bigger right. than the importance of the head coach, but it doesn't mean that the head coach, you know, isn't still incredible. And so I think that you can relate that back to Kansas City. I think that both things can be true. It can be true that the Chiefs dynasty is more Patrick Mahomes than it is Andy Reid. That's okay. But I think you can still say that Andy Reid is one of if not the best coaches yeah, yeah, of yeah. all time. It doesn't have to be an either or situation. No, it doesn't. It's not for Brady and Belichick either. You're right, because it takes both to do it. And NFL coaches, I think, at least in my opinion, by far, the head coach has the most impact on the team's success, right? So in basketball, there were years where I probably could have coached, and I'm overstating this, obviously, probably could have coached Michael Jordan to a championship. Right, Just like go out there and do your thing. Baseball is very different, but it, it, it's all about the players, always. And no matter what you're doing, I do believe, though, that in the NFL, the head coach has the most impact on the games themselves. They have the most uh, decisions that directly affect the outcome of a game, certainly. Um and they're all I'm not I don't want to I don't want to downplay the importance of any of it. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. I just think it's higher in the NFL. And so when we talk about Andy Reid, Andy Reid was able to win a lot of games with a lot of different quarterbacks in different places and do all those things. That's as much a for me, that's as much a part of his greatness as winning the Super Bowls. Now you've got to have the hardware. We know that when we look at things through an historical context. But just winning that many games over that many years, I mean that's that's all a part of it. It's why I think 
people are crazy for trying to run Mike Tomlin out of Pittsburgh, right? Like, look at look at the winning they're doing despite not having the quarterback, right? And everyone points to Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was bad most of the time while he was there. Like, he, he aged quick. So, I love it. They're bringing Reed back, it sounds like. Going to get him, you know, paid up like the like the top guy because he is the top guy. And quite frankly, if it doesn't count against the salary cap, it's a no-brainer. Just just take care of business. Get that done. That, that report's out. Um, NFL Network saying the Chiefs plan to make Andy Reid the highest-paid coach uh, in the NFL this year. Uh, we're fueled up on coffee. Always appreciate it. Mornings at KFH. Everyone around uh, enjoys some Prairie Fire coffee. Uh, so thanks to them for providing that. We'll come back. We've got giveaways. We've got contests to tell you about. We'll get caught up uh, on a uh, on a basketball weekend in the college ranks. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. Ninety-seven five and twelve forty KFH. Each. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Aldrock, Tommy Caster with you on this Monday edition. KFH and Taco Bell have your chance to win a trip for two to the College Hoops Championship Tournament in Kansas City, March 13th through 16th, to cheer on uh, your favorite teams. This trip includes two all-session tournament passes and three-night hotel accommodations. To enter, simply text TBBIG to the number 20357. Want a complimentary breakfast burrito? Just go to kfhradio.com, click on the events page, download the voucher, and then head to any Wichita and surrounding Taco Bell locations, excluding Hutchinson, your chance to see the College Hoops Championship Tournament and snag a complimentary breakfast burrito from Taco Bell happens here on KFH. Um, You know, that tournament's going to be interesting because it's going to be Kansas's probably only chance at claiming a Big 12 championship. The regular season... Uh, opportunity took a blow as Houston pulled it out in Baylor uh, at Baylor in overtime over the weekend. So with that one there, as you take a look at the Big 12 standings, Tommy, uh, and KU is impressive. We'll get to them as we make our way through. But Houston survives that one. Uh, Now they get to host Cincinnati. They go to Oklahoma, to UCF, and they host Kansas. So Kansas does get the head-to-head, but you would still need, even to get into the situation two games back, of the other three, you would need Houston to lose either at home to Cincinnati or on the road at Oklahoma or UCF. They'll be favored in all those games. The other problem is, Tommy, Iowa State is still in the mix there, and Iowa State won over the weekend, so they're now still a game ahead of Kansas with a game in hand against Kansas, uh, and Iowa State and Kansas do not play again the rest of the year. So you need Iowa State to lose two of Oklahoma at home, on the road against UCF, BYU at home, on the road against K-State. Interesting how big a fan's KU might be of Iowa State there, uh, of Kansas State there in that final game of the regular season, but KU didn't get any help over the weekend, Tommy, and it may have been the help they had to have to get this done in the regular season. They didn't get any help, but man, they looked really good against Texas. And I know that we're going to talk more about that with Shreya Slada next hour, but um, without Kevin McCuller, I mean, they played an incredible game that I didn't think they would be able to accomplish without McCuller on the court. 
Um, so yeah, they didn't get any help from Houston or Iowa State over the weekend. So it does look unlikely that the Jayhawks are going to be able to get into a position to compete for uh, to win a Big 12 regular season championship. But you get into the conference tournament, uh, you know, seating there. The Jayhawks do have that opportunity, as we talked about last week. I think they continue to build their case if they can keep winning in their final few regular season games and the conference tournament to maybe end up back on that one line for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and that's, to me, the most important thing right now. Um, and they, I, I do agree. They're at 14 in the net, so there is room. They have big games remaining to get high-quality wins that will boost that resume, certainly. You've got BYU. Uh, you've got Baylor. You, you've got Kansas State. and You've got Houston. At least, and BYU on the road, Where where is BYU right now? Uh, they're still at 13, so they're, those are all going to be... I believe, maybe not K-State uh, K at home, but the other three uh, will be quad one games. And so you've got a chance for three more quad one wins in that stretch. Y- yeah, I mean, th- that's going to that's gonna be enough, I would imagine. Like, it'll be hard to turn them away from the one line. What you would probably have happen is, what, what's probably going to happen anyway, Tommy, is you're probably going to end up with two big 12 teams on the one line and one on the two line, would be my guess. And it could be one on the one line and two on the two line, which is, I think, where most of the bracketologists have it right now. But the league is so good, and there's so many opportunities for big wins down the stretch. I mean, the big thing is the McCuller injury. But, yeah, I mean, you win that game. That's what you want to see. But now they got to go on the road, Tommy, though, without McCuller. And they don't they don't do it until this weekend. But that's that's where you got to see it, right? Like, Well, I say that. McCuller may play this weekend, but but the news there, and we'll get into it a little more for the details with Shreyas, but Bill Self said this is week to week. Like, at this point, they just kind of hope to to have him, right, at any point. And so it's like, oh, the good news. There's, uh, <laughs> there's, the, there's the bad news, good news, bad news situation. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, if they don't have McCuller, I, I want to say they're – Chances are slim to none to Natty, but then they look like that against Texas. So who knows what can happen in those moments of adversity, I guess. Well, that was the concerning thing. You know, we get the report about 30 minutes or an hour before game time that McCuller was not going to play. And I immediately thought, okay, I know the game is inside Allen Fieldhouse, but this team is thin enough already without McCuller. What's it going to look like? Is it going to end up being a grinded out game that, you know, might come down to the final minute or last couple of possessions? And it didn't. It didn't do that at all. Uh, And and the Jayhawks were able to be pretty efficient offensively, even without McCuller. I mean, I know that they leaned on Hunter Dickinson. I thought Nick Timberlake shot the ball better than what we've seen him, you know, do throughout the conference season so far. And, you know, he was able to do some things that weren't just – you know, stand there and shoot. Uh, There was a a great um, lob to him from Dewan Harris that was incredible to watch. I didn't think Nick Timberlake had that kind of game in him, but he does. So that was a benefit too. I'm not suggesting that Nick Timberlake is a guy that you want to lean on, but if you don't have Kevin McCuller, or even if you do, I think that you've given Timberlake enough reps now where you feel a little bit more comfortable, at least I would, putting him in situations and that if they can get McCuller back healthy in time for the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, you've got another weapon now that I feel slightly more comfortable putting Nick Timberlake out on the court when, uh, when the time is important. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do so. I think they don't have a choice. That's, they, they have to, right? He's well, going to have to But I'm to saying play. if McCuller is back healthy, then at that point, I don't think you just throw Timberlake on the bench and never bring him out. Um, I, I think he's in a position where he's gotten a little bit more used to basketball at this level and with this team and in the conference that I would be okay. Even if you have McCuller to giving Timber like a few more minutes as the game goes on. I don't disagree. I mean, it's going to be important no matter what. And I, I agree like his development that I think what's been really crazy about this season is Timberlake for fans. I know has been maddening, but you've always kind of known he's going to have to do something for this team to be successful. Upperclassmen, maybe it does click for him late in the year. That would change everything that we think about KU. It would totally alter basically what we've seen all season long, right? If he all of a sudden is this contributing player, it's like, well, okay, let me rethink now. Now they do have a little bit of depth. Now they do have – that would be amazing. And he may get thrust into that role no matter what happens here. And maybe that's the best thing that ever happened to him. And and honestly, for KU, if if this is the injury situation with Kevin McCullough anyway, and we just talked about how unlikely it is they're going to be able to, you know, win the Big 12 regular season, I mean, it does sort of lend itself to rest McCullough and let's see what Timberlake's got. Because one way or the other, they're going to have to do that. And, and that would make the rest of these games fascinating and put a lot of pressure on him. And the same thing exists for the freshmen. It just seems more likely that it's going to be Timberlake as an older player who steps up to that sort of challenge versus, you know, a couple of true freshmen, right? I, that that I thought, seems uh, less likely. Well, yeah, but I, I thought Jamari McDowell had some pretty good plays in the game against Texas. I'm not sure I'm going to trust him to be out on the court for an extended period of time right now as a freshman, but he, he was able, to, I think, to provide some fairly valuable minutes on Saturday. I mean, both of those guys turned the ball over in four, twice in 14 minutes. I think that's been the problem, right? Nick Timberlake turned it over once in 33 minutes. Now, he's been prone to that this year, but he didn't in this game. And that's the concern. That's always been the concern to me with with the, all of these players you're trying to stretch the floor out with. Like, who's going to come in, give you the good defense, and not turn the ball over? It's been a problem for all three of them. And so, you know, if, if one of them can figure that out, I, I don't know if Nick Timberlake's ever going to be able to just all of a sudden start shooting again. I don't even know how you predict that. I, I don't know. I mean, we've wondered that with players since the beginning of time, right? Why do they hit all these shots in practice, but it's just not translating? I, I don't know that answer. Maybe he can. But they that's more than anything, they just need 
I mean, hey, hit a wide open shot for you. That would be nice. But come in, play defense, don't turn the ball over, right? You still have, even without McCuller, you still have three other, maybe four, depending on Dewan Harris, is how he's feeling. On Like, you, you'd still be the fifth scoring option. Like, no matter who that person is, you're either going to be the you know the fifth or the sixth scoring option if McCullers there. That that part of it just isn't as important as it's felt like people made it out to be, or at least it shouldn't be, because your other you know you've got Dickinson, you've got KJ Adams, and you've got Furphy who stepped into that role. Those are all bigger scoring options, and and hopefully Dewan Harris is. Who knows? That's the age old question with him. But they don't need Nick Timberlake to come in and hit a bunch of shots. They need Nick Timberlake to come in and not turn the ball over. Play some good defense, right? Get scrappy, that kind of stuff. And that does seem attainable. The freshmen, they may, may be too much to ask for them to come in and not turn the ball over. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they're, they're, they're freshmen. It, it, that stuff takes time. Like Timberlake's an upperclassman. He's been around basketball for He knows how to play college basketball without turning the ball over. Just got to settle down a little bit. And if this opportunity, nobody likes the McCullough injury. The McCullough injury sucks. But it is an opportunity for KU to fix the thing that has plagued them all year long. If McCuller can't go and these other players get more confidence going into the tournament, it will make this team better than if McCuller played the last week and a half and these guys never stepped into that role they are so desperately needed in anyway. But one of the ramifications of resting Kevin McCuller now if he if he just can't go, then he can't go and you have to right. deal with it. Which is but which if is you're, sort of the indication now, I think. But if you're in a situation where he could maybe potentially go, the argument to resting him for the tournament, I understand. It is a reasonable thought to do to get him healthy to go for that run. But not only are you kind of waving the white flag with the Big 12 title race in the in the regular season, you're also potentially waving the right the white flag on a higher seed in the NCAA tournament at that point too. Like you don't want to get too far away from that. I mean, you're you're kind of securely, I feel like, on the two line right now. You could probably win your way in to a one seed, but you could also probably lose your way out of the two seed too if you're in a position where Kevin McCuller, you need to rest him. Because as, as great as that performance was against Texas, three of your last four regular season games are against teams that currently, as of right this second, are in the top 25. BYU is going to drop out. Uh, today they're in 25th but you've got Baylor they're a top 15 team and then of course Houston in the final regular season game and we all know about them so you've got pretty tough competition down the stretch you could play your way into a one seed if you have McCuller if you don't they could play their way out of a two seed um not just with the, I, I'm not talking about just the regular season games. I'm talking about these final four games and then whatever you play in the Big 12 tournament. Could KU end up as a three? I mean, I suppose they could. I, I think it's probably pretty unlikely because they're going to play too many games at home uh, between now and then for that to happen. I mean, it's if you if you want to know about Allen Fieldhouse, I mean, this weekend, that's I mean, without McCuller, that's wild. That's wild. So I, I just. I think that's un- – I, I don't know. I wouldn't sit him in the tournament. I'd be more inclined to sit him now because in the tournament, you have to know in the multiple game over stretches of days, like you have to know how he responds to that. 
to get ready then for the NCAA tournament. So maybe it's limited, but I'd be far more interested in putting him on ice now and playing him in the tournament than vice versa. Because I do think you, like they, Bill Self has to know what he can give them on a two game and three day stretch. He has to. And the only other time you're going to get that chance to see that is the Big 12 tournament. Again, this this is all though like, and we'll I ask think the Trius best case scenario. This. It's all about you know what the trainers are saying. Obviously. Yeah, in in my mind, I think the best case scenario would be you sit him tomorrow. You don't necessarily have to have him. I don't think against BYU at home, no. but you rest him tomorrow, and maybe he can go on Saturday, taking on Baylor, and then the remainder of the three games the in the regular week. season. That's that that's what I because you've got Houston and you've got the Sunflower Showdown in Allen Fieldhouse. So yeah. I think that that would be best case scenario. Rest him tomorrow. See if he can go against Baylor, but then get him ready for the final week of the regular season. It, it, obviously, he would have interest as the last year to play Kansas State at home, um, which will become senior day or senior night, I guess it is. And then who doesn't want to go to Houston and take on number one? That's yep. going to be the other thing, too, is keeping him out. We'll get we'll get with that. Top of the hour, Sharia Slata coming up. Let's chat quickly about K-State and Wichita State and what they did this weekend. We'll get then more in-depth with that in the second hour, but we'll do that before we get Sharia Slata on KU. That's next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, Shreya Slada, our KU Insider, coming up top of the next hour. Uh, let's set up a little giveaway here, HTO for you, a free iced tea and a free brew house coffee. Great weather this weekend to get out and enjoy some iced tea. Uh, but you can get an iced tea with this uh, coupon, basically, at the Derby or either Wichita location. You can get the coffee uh, at the East Wichita or Derby location. We'll do that for our first caller right now to the KFH hotline, 869-1240. Good luck. Tommy and I will continue discussing this weekend of college basketball. Uh, K-State got one. Tommy, they had to have it, and they got it. And it was really, really good to see the Cats get that win this weekend. Um, they handled their business, and it turns out, I, John Rothstein tweeted this morning that, K-State does get – so ba- basically the, the information we care about in that is that Cincinnati is a quad one game. So the meat on the bone is there for K-State. They jumped up to 73 in the net. Uh, so that's – I mean, they moved that win, moved them eight spots. I mean, that's a big-time – that's a big-time mover. It's a big-time win. It's a big-time, you know, everything for KU. It becomes quad one. Now they'll have this game tonight, which we'll talk more about in the next hour against West Virginia, which probably does nothing for their resume. They still need to win it. But then Cincinnati, Kansas, and Iowa State all become quad one opportunities. We know they'll probably have at least one or two of those in the Big 12 tournament. And so for K-State now, it is still on the table. Now they'll have to play really well. And can they do this uh, on the road? You know, they get West Virginia at home tonight, but Cincinnati... KU, they'll have back-to-back road games in that stretch. Got to have at least one of those. But really nice to see the Cats respond this weekend. Yeah, it was for sure. And that's a game that they absolutely have to have in every game moving forward they're going to have to have. Um, they've, they're going to have to do, um, you know, some work here down the stretch. And I know that they've got 
a couple of quad one opportunities in the final couple of games. I was surprised. I, I wasn't considering Cincinnati uh, on the road to be a quad one game, uh, but it looks like it will be. And so that's that's a good news for Kansas State. You've got, you know, another quick turnaround. You've got a, another quick Saturday to Monday turnaround. Uh, now, the good thing is they get to stay home for both of them. West Virginia comes to town. West Virginia has not been a good basketball team this year. So you've kind of got a little bit of a warm up. And then all of a sudden, you're, you know, two out of your final three games are on the road. Then in Lawrence for the Sunflower Showdown and then finishing up at home against Iowa State. So it's a really tough after tonight's game. For and every game matters with these quad one opportunities if they want to play their way back into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they, I, I, it's um, I here's what I love is that we're gonna be locked into all these K State games down the stretch, right? They're gonna be a blast. Um, real quick, because we'll get more into them in the second hour. Wichita State, uh, big win during the week, disappointing outcome yesterday. At a ten point lead at home against Temple, absolutely disappear in the second half offensively. Can't get it done. They get swept by Temple this year. Um, you know, same same thing we've seen all year. Not responding in a second half after a lead or whatever you want to call it. So uh, it's certainly a disappointing Sunday for Wichita State. It was not a pleasant watch offensively, certainly at all in the second half. And, you know, this is what it is. It's all pretty much going to be now what happens in the AAC tournament. I, I mean, that was that was a big opportunity for them to really gain any sort of momentum for the first time. And yet again, they can't win back-to-back games. You got to go all the way back to the end of November to see the last time that happened. And, and that was that was tough yesterday. Yeah, wildly frustrating. The next-to-last home game of the season for Wichita State, a team that you lost to on the road earlier in conference play with the chance to avenge that loss. You're up by 10 at halftime. You're feeling good about everything, and then the bottom just kind of falls out. And that's been, you know, same song, different verse this entire season for Wichita State. I think in retrospect, as we look back on this season, which I'm not really sure a lot of people are going to want to do. I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about this season. But if you do look back on this season, really, I can't think of another identity of this team other than just a team that gets leads and then loses them in second halves of games and in overtime and, and you know, loses games that they should win against opponents that they are better than. That's just the identity of this team, unfortunately. I wish it was a different identity. And we were all pretty fired up after the Tulsa win on Wednesday because we felt like it was a a very physical game, a a tough game, complete for the most part. The effort was there. I thought the first half yesterday was the same kind of way. And then things just kind of fell apart in the second half. So unfortunately, that's going to be the identity of this team. Yeah, it's... um... We'll get to the tournament and see what happens, I suppose. We can get more to that in the second hour as well. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Hour number two starts with Shreya Slaughter, KU Insider. We'll get the latest on what he's hearing with McCuller, that injury update, the status, maybe what the strategy might be here uh, down the home stretch of the regular season. That's all next on Sports Daily. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.